His presence is here. Now, how many people are ready for the word this morning? Ready for the word this morning? We have such a special treat this morning, Pastor Wilmari Hamilton from the Redemption to the Nations Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, is here with us today. And uh, we've been friends for, uh, she said, almost 20 years now, almost 20 years. Uh, August will be 20, almost uh, 20 years. And uh, as I said, first service, uh, she's here with her family, her husband Andy, and two children, um, Naya and Noah. They are here with us today. And it's hard for me, uh, as I said before, I, 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 uh, I met Wamari when she was single. And then two days later, she was with Andy. So ever since I have known Wamari and Andy, I've known them as, as a couple together at Lee University when we were students there. And we've been friends throughout the years with Greek clubs and ministry and sharing stories and praying for each other throughout the years. And I'm just so excited that she's here today. I've heard her pastor call her a, um, a uh, Puerto Rican devil slayer. And uh, that that she is, and she has a word for us today. And as I said, also first service, uh, in our college days, the party didn't start till Amari got on the dance floor, okay? And also, as I said, <laughs> also I said first service, I hope she don't talk about my dancing, okay? And I also said, I'm so glad there was no iPhones back then and everybody didn't have cameras because we wouldn't have a job today. So, uh, but we have had some great times together and uh, we're so glad. I love watching her in ministry as she's just operating in her gifts of hospitality and people. And throughout the years, we've just watched as she has flourished in ministry and grown. And we're just so excited for what God is doing through her and in her and her family at Redemption to the Nations. And we're so glad that she is here today with the word. If we could, let's put our hands together today and let's welcome her as she gives the word today. Amen. I am signing up for that parents' night out and uh, sending my husband to that axe throwing thing. So if y'all don't take advantage, I will. Um, it is such a pleasure and an honor to be here today. Like you said, my name is Wilmari Hamilton, and you're lucky because it used to be Wilmari Pamales. And so um, if you're like, I still don't get it, okay, it's okay. Don't worry. My last name is Hamilton, so you have an out, okay? You could just say, hey, Hamilton. Um, thank you, honey. Uh, like he said, my husband's here with me. We have been married now for 17, 16, almost 17 years, together for 19 years. This is crazy. Um, we have a 12-year-old daughter, Naya, up here trying to battle the hiccups, and hopefully she's gotten the, the, the victory. And a little boy, six, he's Noah. He's going to come up here, and they both wear glasses, and they're both are extra super cute because of that. And so um, I am just so grateful and excited to be here today. Um, Chase, like, he has a great introduction, um, but it is Pastor Appreciation. I just want to honor them because they're so awesome, and um, uh, Chase and Sarah always, they knew me from my skirt-wearing, long hair, no makeup, no earrings kind of day, if you know what I'm talking about, all right, and uh, that's me, and so, uh, but they never uh treated me different. They always saw the good in me and always loved me no matter what. And I think that you guys know them as leaders like that. They're humble. They're so loving. They hate attention like now. You know, they're like, shut up, move on to your word. Uh, and I want you to know I've been an honorary legacy member for like forever uh, because we have travailed for you. We have prayed over your families even though we didn't know your name uh, because they have such a heart for this city, such a heart for this church. And it 
it has been going on for years before you even knew that you were going to be a part of this church. And so I'm so excited to stand um, in a fulfillment of a promise um, because that's what you are. And so I honor Chase and Sarah. They are gifts to you guys. And if you don't take advantage of them, I will. And um, uh, But I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. I also, I forgot first service, but Pastor Kevin and Devin say hi. Um, when I told Pastor Kevin, I asked for permission because, you know, we're not allowed to leave on a Sunday because that's kind of our job. And I was like, Chase wants me to preach. He's like, go! Exclamation, exclamation. He loves legacy. And I know you guys just had him here a couple weeks ago. And so um, they are my, uh, my spiritual mom and dad. I love them to death. And so I'm just excited to be here today. I love to laugh. I hope you do too. This smile, that's my resting face right there. I am just like Elf. Um, smiling is my favorite. And I hope it will be yours today too. Um, and so I know it's different to have someone up here. But how many of you know it's good for our pastors to rest? And it's good for them to have family time because that is the first thing that they need to do. Amen. And so I'm glad you chose me. I'm like, what? Uh, and so today I'm just going to talk about uh, things that have been going on in my life that I feel Jesus wanted me to share with you because it's a kingdom thing. And um, uh, so today I'm going to uh, title my message, Miracles in the Making. And I believe that there's some miracles today in the house. And so um, you don't have to stand up. We'll read the word as we go through our message today. Um, uh, so, uh, two months ago, no, three months ago, I keep forgetting what time it is. I'm telling you, I usually know exact time, and because of what's been happening in my life, I don't. Because what's been happening in my life is I've been moving, okay? Anybody here move like a full house? Anybody, like not college moving, but like moving? Yes. How many of you love moving? No one. There it is. And so um, in July, uh, we realized we live 25 minutes away from the church, but with traffic, it could be anywhere from 45 to 35. And my husband works downtown. He's a counselor. He works at Blue Cross Blue Shield. And my kids go to the school at the church. I work at the church every day. And so how many of you know that rides with a 12-year-old preteen and a 6-year-old kindergartner sometimes, you know, real fun. And um, I was telling him, I was like, let's pray. Let's see if the Lord would be okay with us moving. Maybe we can get something closer downtown. I'm a city girl after all. I'm from Jersey. And so like living in the boonies ain't my thing. Although it may be some of yours. I would be just as happy in a condo um, that I had to take care of nothing. And I had a bellman. And so um, that was my dream. It still is my dream. Maybe after kids, I will do that. And so we prayed and the Lord released us. And so we posted probably the second week in July, and we sold a show, our house showed 11 times in eight days. I had surgery, and then we got a contract, and then we had to pack up a house, and we had a major women's conference, and I moved the weekend after the women's conference. So ladies, who, where are my women of fire at? Yeah, yeah. So while you were enjoying all that, my house was in boxes, and I'm super organized and all this stuff, and um, this season of our lives usually is really busy. Like even without the selling, we call it conference season for the church. We have women of fire, Ruach, signs and wonders, and our Wild Ones conference. We have Thanksgiving and Christmas, and not to mention our kids are in school all within five months. And so usually we do nothing. Like we try not to do anything except family time and church. And um, God then was like, I will sprinkle selling a house in there as well. And so um, it's been crazy. And it's been such a season that I did not expect to be in. But I'm super excited to be in. But the season doesn't look like the season that I thought it would look like. 
Come on, fall, where are you, right? Everyone knows what we're living in right now. And so I want to talk about that right now through three examples is people in the word who found themselves in a season where they didn't think the season looks like the season they're supposed to be in. Anybody lived a life of being stuck in a season where you didn't know what was supposed to be happening, but you thought it was supposed to be happening another way? Amen. I know. And how many of you are like, yay? No, no one. Said no one, right? No one likes to be in between seasons. And so today I'm going to give you a hope, give you an expectancy of what is to come. I love that the word, it's so funny because the worship really does go with the message today and we never talked, right? Because here we are singing these songs of like, I know your plans for me are good and they never fail and your promises. How many of you know that when you're in the process, you're like, I don't know about these plans. That's not really the plans I thought we were going to have. Jesus, we didn't talk about this, homie. Let's go again, right? And so I think that some of these people here, can can we be real today? I just want you to know my hashtag is hashtag pastors are people too, okay? And we are the same way. We're like, we say yes, Lord. And then we're travailing on the floor when like the yes is like hard. We're like, wait a minute, Lord. And so the next time we say yes, we're like, yes. We're kind of scared. So today, let's start with A, the widow, right? All right, everyone say the widow. Okay, so if you open up your word, um, 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7, I'm going to read this, and you can follow along in your word or on your phone. Um, And someone look at someone else and say, your miracles in the making. Okay, now y'all listen. Come on, turn to some, it's a good word. I'm not even telling you to prophesy over them. Say, your miracle is in the making. Now look at somebody else and tell them, your miracle is in the making. Come on, out of your belly will flow rivers of life. And so uh, uh, two, 2 Kings 4 reads as follows. One of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, has died. You know that your servant feared the Lord. Now the creditor is coming to take my two children as his slaves. Elijah asked her, what can I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? She said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go and borrow empty containers from everyone, from all your neighbors. Do not get just a few. Then go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour oil into all these containers. Set the full ones to the side. So she left. After she had shut the door behind her and her sons, they kept bringing her containers, and she kept pouring. When they were full, she said to her son, bring me another container. But he replied, there aren't any more. Then the oil stopped. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt. You and your sons can live on the rest. And so let's just pray. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this family, this community. I thank you for your word. God, it is life-giving. It unlocks the power inside of us, God, of the Holy Spirit that resides in there, God. And I just thank you that your words are forever true. Your promises are yes and amen. And today, God, may I just be a conduit of your refreshing power. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 
And so we find ourselves in this story of a person, of a woman who found herself in a situation that she did not expect to be in. No one expects our our spouses to pass away. And so back then, if you had a debt, uh, you got to pay the man, all right? It wasn't like now. If you die, it goes away. It's not like that, okay? And uh, what was being said was, if you can't pay this, your sons are going to become my slaves. And... um, and how many of you know that the mama bear would rise up inside of you guys? Anyone in here or the, or the papa bear, okay? If they said, uh, I'm going to take your kids. Uh, no, you're not, okay? I might have to fight with them, but they're mine, and I'm going to keep them, okay? And so the widow came to the prophet and said, listen, my husband served God. My husband did everything. He was in the school of prophets, so he was a, a God-fearing man. And I need your help because I am in a desperate situation that I don't know what what I'm going to do. How many of you have ever been in that in that situation and you come to God and you say, Lord, I have no idea what I'm going to do. I need your help. I need your strategy. And it says in the word that he turned to her and said, what do you want me to do? What do you have in your house? And I believe that I, um, sometimes we can say, well, he's kind of rude, you know, like, what do you want me to do? But how many of you have gone to a friend and you're like, this is what's happening. And they're like, yeah, me too. Anyone? Only my friends. Okay, there it is. I need some new friends. Anybody else, right? You're like, uh, we all live in that mess, all right? And so I feel like sometimes um, when we get into these situations, we're expecting like these ginormous answers of like, do this. This is what I'm going to do for you, and you'll be set. But he, the prophet, looked at her and said, what do you have in your house? Right? In In other words, what is it that you have? that can bring a solution as well. Because God is not a God that is um, a far away off God that doesn't ask us to participate with him. Come on, if it was that way, he wouldn't say, go and make disciples, go and fish for men. Go. He wants us to be a partaker of this amazingness thing that is the kingdom of God. And so uh, what is it that you have in your house? And she said to him, I only have oil. I only have this little bit of oil left in my house, with, which tells me, you know, Sarah, it tells me I, uh, she sold everything else. You know, she's in debt and she has gotten rid of furniture, pots and pans, I'm sure. And oil was so precious. Oil was probably like money back then. It was currency back then. It was for healing. It was for lighting. It was for heating. It was for food. You couldn't do anything without oil. And I imagine that she said, that's all I have. That's all I have. I don't know what you want me to do. We are about to go and just die. He's going to come and take my sons. And the prophet says, I want you to go get empty vessels. And I want you to collect all that you can and take it home. And God's going to multiply that. God is going to multiply that. So many times we want to consider what is outside of our reach that we need in order to do what we do. I know I say it all the time, if only I had this, if only I could function like that, if only I prayed like that, if only I had done this five years ago, if only 10 years ago, this would have happened in my life, 
right? Um, Stephen Furtick says it like this. Some people are so quick to recognize what's missing that they miss what is possible. And today I want to remind you of who you are. I want to remind you of the power that resides inside of you. We were singing about it, right? When I declare the name of Jesus, demons have to go. When I believe in in the name of Jesus, uh, angels are at, at my beck and call. Oh, I don't know if you believe that or not, but I know it to be true. You've come too late to tell this girl that miracles can't happen at the mention of the name of Jesus. And so sometimes we got to remember who we are. We have to remember what's inside of us. You know, Psalm 139 says that God formed us. Every part of us he fashioned. Every nook and cranny, every smile, every crooked face. He said, don't worry, because every single thing that you have inside of you, I'm going to use it for good. The plans that I have for you, I have fashioned every day of your life so that you would walk in the good works that I have for you. That is good news, everyone. You should say amen. Because even on my worst day, Even on the day that I feel I am not worthy, I am not holy enough, I cannot do this, God has a plan. Come on, God has a plan for someone in here. And so they went around and they went and got jars. Notice that the prophet did not say, I want you to try to get some oil from everyone else and then God's going to multiply it. He was very specific. He said, go get empty jars. Go get empty jars and lock them up. And I can only imagine, um, I told first service that when we get to heaven, I'm going to find the widow woman. And I'm going to ask her what happened in the room, like an interviewer or something. And I can just imagine that she shut the door. And that is such an important part. Guys, God wants so much intimacy with us. He wants more than what we could ever have imagined. It's not just about me or pastor this or bishop that or forget our titles. We are all sons and daughters of God. And in seasons where we are in desperation, I know it is so easy to go to people that we love and trust. I know it is so easy to go and and share. And godly counsel is right. But sometimes we need to get our counselor, the Holy Spirit, by ourselves, put on some worship music and declare what is as though, you know, what is not as though it is. And so shut the door. He said, shut the door on the people that want to try to figure it out. Shut the door on the people that are telling you it would be better if you just let your sons go. You'll get them back in six years anyhow because of the year of Jubilee. But how many of you know that when there is a will, there's a way with Christ. And so I can only imagine that she is holding this jar of oil, the very last things that she has, the very last um, solution that she would have to this problem. And this prophet is saying, pour it out. Jesus is telling us sometimes you need to pour out the very last bit that you have for me because I will multiply what you surrender. And so many times, you know, we give our last bit to things that really don't matter. 
and I don't want to meddle in anyone's business, but God spoke to me too. You know, at the end of the day, when you have nothing left to give, give it to me. Don't give it to Facebook. Give it to me. Don't scroll on your phone. And then the next morning you wake up and you go, I don't know why I feel like this. Well, sometimes we got to change the atmosphere that we create. And we got to change what we give ourselves because that's what feeds our souls. And so today, I'm telling you, I do it too, okay? I play Disney emoji, okay? And so anyways, God will multiply what you surrender. And in that moment, the widow woman, the miracle happened in her house with what she already had, an empty vessel. I cannot imagine the faces of the woman as she kept pouring and kept pouring and kept pouring the oil into the point where she was like, get me another. And they're like, there is no more. And you know what? We need to become vessels for the oil of God. The oil of joy is going to flow in our houses. What do you have in your house? What is it in your temple, in your body, in your mind that God is reminding you of today? What promise, what inheritance, what legacy do you have that you need to stand firm on and say, today I surrender this to you and I believe that you will multiply it. Because see, the miracle was not just for the coverage of the widow woman's debt but it was to set her up for the future. She came to the province. She goes, here you go. Here's my debt. And she goes, go in. I mean, she, here's all the oil. And he said, now pay your debt and you and your sons can live off the rest. Imagine that, how much oil that was, that he could say such a thing. He didn't say start an oil business. He said, you can live off the rest. I am talking to somebody in here. Today, the miracle is not just for the right now and for the today. It will set you up for inheritance and legacy. Today, your faith will multiply with what you surrender today. So we have the widow woman. Secondly, we have the fishermen. In John 21, we know this story. Peter went out with disciples. Jesus had just passed. They didn't know what was going on. They were completely confused. Denial had happened. Expectancy had died. Hope revived. And so here they are. They're like, what are we going to do? I don't know, man. Let's go fishing. We know what to do. How many of you do that, right? You go to your comfort in times of complete, I don't know what. I, um, I love comfort, um, and when I'm having a really bad day, I just like to get in my sweatpants and watch Netflix and watch, like, the greatest baking British show and all that stuff and just drool at the things that I can't make. Um, and so if my husband comes home and he sees me like that, he knows it's been a bad day. It's been a bad day. Give her some time. Let me take care of the kids. What's going on, honey? Because when we are having a hard time, we go to comfort. And so the men um, went out, went fishing all night, and they caught nothing, nada, zilch, not even a breakfast fish sandwich, all right? They didn't catch anything, okay? And so um, they're tired. They're probably stinky because fishing is no joke. Um, They are hungry, and they just want to nap, and they want to eat, and they're trying to settle within their spirit everything that's going on. And all of a sudden, this person appears. They don't even know it's Jesus, but it's Jesus. And he said, what's up, boys? You catch anything? They're like, no, we didn't catch anything. Don't rub it in. I'm sure. 
Anybody, right? We like to make the Bible this ethereal thing, but can we be real, right? If someone came up to you and you hadn't fit, you'd been fishing all night, you catch anything, buddy? No, no, I don't want to talk about it. I just want to go home, wash up, and go to bed and start over. And he said, go, go again. Cast your nets on the right side of the boat. Now, this is not someone, like, if he said that to me, I'd be like, oh, I messed up because I don't know how to fish. I don't know what to do. These people were professional fishermen. They knew exactly what to do. And so many times in our lives, we think we've got it all figured out. And it's at that very moment that God's like, uh, you got to do it. You did it wrong. Let's do it this way, right? But, right, anybody in the house, listen, I'm an administrator. So if someone tries to show me things on Excel and numbers and all that stuff, I'm like, I know how to do that. Thank you very mucho. But there's a time that they'll show me and I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. My life is so much easier now. Thanks for showing me that. Anybody? Right? God has a way of not letting us stay where we are. You could be a professional fisherman, but at the word of God, you become, you go to the next level. Because he says to him, nevertheless, at your word, what is going on in my life, the very trajectory that I thought we were going on, hanging out with Jesus and saving the world and bringing fire has completely ended. But at your word, I will do what you say. I wonder if there's some men and women today here that the Lord is challenging you with a other side word. Because at the other side of obedience, Jacob, come on somebody, was on the other side of Jacob obeying his father, he got to a mountain and had an angelic visitation where the Lord said, hey, don't worry, I'm going to take care of you. On the other side of a dead sea of a river with Moses and the people was their deliverance. Come on, this obedience thing is hard. But how many of you know when our faith rises up to the word of Christ, he does things that we never thought were possible. He does things that completely blow our mind. He does things that we have absolutely no way that we could have possibly done it ourselves. And it says in the word that they cast their nets on the other side. And what happened? It wasn't just enough for a fish sandwich. It was enough for a fish market. Okay? I think sometimes our faith is for the fish sandwich. And God is saying, no, I'm going to stock a fish market. Because it, it, the miracle is not just about us. Woo! The miracle is not just about Omari and the Hamilton household. The miracle is about our neighborhood and where I live now. That God would show himself through us so much that we would have to say, come, come and help me catch this harvest. Come and help me catch this harvest. And you know what happened to Peter? He never fished after that day. Because his life, his season upgraded because he became what Jesus told him in the original fish thing. He said, I will make you a fisher of men. I will make you a person that will turn the world upside down. And now listen, God is no respecter of age. He doesn't care that you're 62, that you're 22, or that you're two years old in this place. When we obey his word, he can turn our world upside down in such a good way. So the fisherman on the other side was a complete miracle. Today, if you are grieving, if you are lost, if, if things completely changed, 
I promise you I've been there. I promise you I have no idea sometimes how things were going to work out, but at his word. And that's why we have to be in tune with him, just like the widow woman shut the door, just like Peter had to make that decision. Okay, God, this might seem crazy, but at your word, I will follow. I said this in the first service, it reminded me of Noah, and I just went to the ark encounter, and I stood at the replica of the ark, and I said, God, I will never question the obedience. <laughs> I literally stood at the base of the ark, and I was like, because they, they did it to the cubits and all this stuff, and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, I just looked up, one person took the, he took the word of God and obeyed him, right? And listened to every single thing. And y'all, that ark was not built in no one day, okay? It was years upon years, enough that the generations increased, right? Enough that he had grandchildren by the time the ark was done. And today God says, please go speak to that woman at the cashier counter. We're like, nah, I don't know. It's Walmart. I don't know what they'll say to me. Okay? Obedience is so hard, but it is so good for the next level. And listen, I have lost that battle many, many times, okay? But God is such a good and merciful God that he looks at us with mercy and compassion. And today, God is stretching us. And that's my last person, the man with the withered hand. In seasons of confusion, in seasons of where we feel what we have to offer God is not enough, God will stretch us even more. Anybody feel that? I really feel like that's a kingdom thing right now. And in a good way. How many of you have children in the house? How many of you have been around children, right? How many of you, you're our child, okay? And so God, uh, it, just like parents are not okay with children staying where they're at, God is the same way with us. Right? When you have a toddler, um, there comes a point where you're like, okay, you're not allowed to pick up food with your fingers. You're going to do it with a little spoon and the knife and all that kind of stuff. And then they upgrade and you're like, you can get your own breakfast. Yes, you can. And all that kind of stuff. That's what the Lord does with us because he loves us so much. And so in Mark 3, 1 through 5, I'm going to read this one. We find the man with the withered hand. If you, have your, if you have your phone, you can turn there. <laughs> Y'all, that was supposed to be a joke. You can laugh. Some of you are hungry. Mark 3, 1 and 5, the man with the withered hand. It reads like this. Now he entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had paralyzed hand. In order to accuse him, they were watching him, him, uh, they, they being the Pharisees, they were watching him closely to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath. He told the man with the paralyzed hand, stand before us. Then he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do what is good or to do what is evil, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. After looking around at them with anger and sorrow at the hardness of their hearts, he told the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out, and his hand was restored. How many of you would say you're creatures of comfort? No one. Yes, okay. Uh, uh, even though uh, some of us are, don't feel like we are, we all sit in the same places on a Sunday, 
Or we like to park in a, a certain place when we go to the mall, right? Uh, because even though we have some more, some of you are laughing, you're like, I do park in the same place every time I go to the mall. Um, because we go to what is comfortable, the pattern that we've always done in the morning. Um, yeah, anyways, I can't talk about all that stuff. But you have an established pattern of what you do in the morning. And when that is broken up, right, you're like, ooh, something doesn't feel right. But even though some of us have more of a flexible spirit than others, we like what we like. We get used to what we live in. But God is not concerned about our comfort as he is about our character. He isn't concerned about your title as much as he is concerned about being able to put inside of you what will help you steward the next season in your life. And Mark 3 is such an example of this because, you know, the Pharisees were so comfortable with their rules, so comfortable with what they knew, so comfortable with what they believed to be truth, that when they were faced with the truth, they could not be shaken out of that. And today I'm here to shake some of you and say, yeah, it might not feel good, but it's for your benefit. And so the man with the withered hand was there in a synagogue. And um, withered means, you know, like flowers, like when you buy flowers and they just done lost that spirit. There's no Tylenol pill. There's nothing you can put in there. There's no cold water. There's no putting them in the refrigerator to revive them again. They're just done. Anybody? And so um, withered, by, by, by definition, just meant you cannot make it straight. And so the miracle was in the making, right? The miracle is right there. We're all like, we see the setup. We're like, woo, we know what's about to happen. We're reading the word. We're like, he's going to heal that man. And so uh, he says to him, stretch out your hand. Now, um, I know it seems really simple, but how can a man that can't stretch out his hand stretch out his hand? <sighs> right? He can't stretch out his hand because he has a withered hand. And that's like saying someone, just walk, go, walk. They can't walk, they can't walk. The miracle was in his faith. In that moment, the man had to say, okay, what do I have to lose if I try to stretch out my hand and do something that I've never done before? I believe that you, some of you are in this season, you are feeling the rumblings. You're like, please, Pastor Mario, stop talking about this because this is where I've been. And he, I hear the giggling right now. Because God is drawing us out of our comfort zone, out of the things that we've always done so that we can do things that we've never done to see things that we've never seen. I don't know about you, but I'm not satisfied with yesterday's glory. I'm not satisfied with just the glory of today. I want my children to see greater glory. I want me to see greater glory. I want to reach the promises that God has promised over my life. And in that moment, the man with the withered hand stretched forth his hand before the miracle even happened. Come on, somebody, hold on with me on that. It is in your stretching that the miracle is happening. It is in you stretching forth towards Christ and saying, I cannot do this, but at your word and in faith, and because you tell me to reach towards you, I'm going to reach towards you and you will grab me. God is so, so good. 
Because he could have said, you are healed, now stretch your hand. But he didn't say that. He said, stretch out your hand. He is asking us to become participants of the miracle. He is asking us to become faith in action. Not just faith. Not just saying, that looks really pretty. I'm so glad that that person got there. But to say, no, it is for me as well. So what is in your hands? What is in your house? What can you stretch? I believe that God is trying to get something to you so that he could get it in you so that he can get it through you. I had this in a dream, and I know that it's for someone in here. God today is saying, I have this for you. Come and claim this today. Come and claim your promise. We sing about this. Your promises never fail, and so I'm going to stand on that. How many of you know, though, that when we get into the reality of outside these doors on a Tuesday or a Thursday, and you're just ready for Friday to come so that you can walk out those doors and say, see you later, boss. See you later, co-workers, right? That's when that song is true. His promise over you never fails. He still speaks favor over you in your really, really bad days and your really, really good days. And the Lord is equipping us in this season to know that in a season of change, a season of stretching, that inside of you is the miracle. Inside of your words, inside of your thoughts is the miracle. I stand sometimes in the kitchen and my kids look at me like I'm crazy, but they're getting used to me already. And I'm like, absolutely not. The devil is a liar. You're an amazing woman of God. And no lie of the enemy can conquer because the promise over you is that you will see things in a different way and no one's going to come against you. And they're like, they just blink. <laughs> but, but they're not struggling. She's laughing because she knows it's true. But she's not struggling anymore because I said it straight with the word of the Lord. And sometimes we need to stop having a pity party and we need to shut the door and we need to say, absolutely not, devil. You will not harm me. Your plans will not prosper because I am a daughter of God Almighty and the promise over my life is bigger than any assignment of the enemy, bigger than any person can come against me. And when I don't feel like it, I'm still gonna claim it because you are good. And the name of Jesus is bigger than anything else that can come against me. And when I say the name of Jesus, everything in my atmosphere has to line up. I'm sure that that widow woman didn't just go, amen, here we go. I'm sure he's like, God, I love you. This is the word of the Lord. I'm going to pour out the very last bit of oil, and I'm going to give it to you. And in worship, the multiplication happened. And through prayer and travailing and fasting, God will bring about a stretching that you had no idea was even going to happen in your life. God will multiply what you surrender to him. Speak to me, Moses. Come on, God went to Moses and was like, I need you to basically be the public speaker for all of the nation of Israel. He's like, I, 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 I can't talk. I can't even talk to you, God. Right? And in, 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 in that moment, he had a decision to obey the word of the Lord and look deep inside of him. Talk to me, Peter. Went on the other side. Talk to me, little boy with a lunchbox. I know, right? He surrendered his meal. 
to God, to Jesus. And he multiplied it so much that there was baskets left over. Can you imagine being that little boy's mother who packed that lunch that day? And he comes back with like, a, like a, I don't know, a trolley full of fish and bread. There is multiplication in what you surrender. That is a kingdom principle that today I want you to hear me speak because it's not an earthly principle. What they say is hoard, hoard, and hoard even even more. But the Lord is saying, what you give to me, I will take it and do things that you know not of. Legacy Church, there is a legacy for Rome. There is inheritance for Rome. And in surrendering our convenience, our comfort, even just a, hello, how are you doing? My name is so. God will multiply what you surrender. God is not worried about what we feel is good. God is ready to take us to the next level so that we can be in awe of, oh my gosh, why did I want to stay at that level? God is taking us from glory to glory. Your miracle is on the other side of obedience to what he is telling you to do during the season where nothing makes sense. I am speaking to a stay-at-home mama who is so excited about it and the reality of living the dream right? Dreaming the dream is different than living the dream. Don Sheree Wilkerson, uh, she preached that, right? Live, dreaming the dream, you're so excited. Look, I'm sure I can use Chase because he knows I have no idea what's going on, but it's like, oh, I'm going to pastor a church. This is so exciting. But how many of you know that living the dream is different than dreaming the dream? Come on, somebody, businessmen and women in here, you want to do such and things, but Living the dream is much different than dreaming the dream. But can I tell you who does make living the dream better is Christ. Because God will protect us in the new season. Just like he took care of Moses and the Israelites. Just like he took care of the widow woman for life. Just like he took care of Peter. Just like he took care of the man with the withered hand. There's another one I'm going to interview in heaven. Think about this. God is not a God that will leave you in a stuck season. God didn't leave any of these people. He won't leave you behind either. God is no respecter of title. It isn't just the pastor or the evangelist. It is every single one of his sons and daughters. And so today I want you to stand with me. I want you to think about this. Because God values the process. God is willing to wait. And he refuses to expedite the process of your promise. I'm going to close with this, and it's funny, and then we're going to pray. But how many of you like dinty beef stew? No one? No one? It's not in anyone's favorites? Okay. How many of you, though, like to come home on a Sunday especially with the pot roast just steaming hot? You smell it when you drive into the garage because you know that the meat and the potatoes and the carrots have all gotten into that delicious goodness and that there's going to be some yummy juice for your bread later on. How many of you like that? Yeah. You know why? Because it's a process. And Dinty Beef Stew is trying to imitate a process, but it never quite gets there, right? Some of us are trying to eat dinty beef stew when it comes to spiritual things. And God is saying today, no, 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 daughter, son, stop trying to fast forward this. I'm in the middle of this miracle. I am the miracle maker. I am in the miracle of this process. Sometimes the miracle is in everyday things. 
Sometimes you are making the miracle happen. God is so good that he sees inside of us things that we never even knew we were there. And today, if you are pouring out your last bit of oil, today, if you are hearing the Lord say, cast your net on the other side, or you're telling him, stretch out your hand, or he's telling you, stretch out your hand. In every season, God is good. He is there. And when you don't know what else to do, they already sung it today. We say the name of Jesus. Because he doesn't have a rival. Because the veil tore when he gave his life up for us. Because we don't have to wait for a priest or a pastor or a, a, a little short Latina girl to come before us and go to Christ. It's an open door. It's an open season of blessing. And today, hear me say, it is worth the fight. It is worth pouring out your last oil. It is worth stretching out your hand when you don't know what you're stretching your hand out to. Because there are miracles to be had. There are miracles to be had. Men and women of God, hear me say this today. There are miracles. There are open eyes that need to happen. There are prodigal sons and daughters that are coming home today. There's a small whisper inside each and every single one of you that the Lord is directing you for bigger and better. And not because it's about us, but because his glory is waiting to be had. His glory is waiting to fall in your house. Your, his glory is waiting to fall at your office. So today, I just want you to close your eyes and I want you to think about that. God, what is in my house that today you are stretching forth? What is inside of me, God, that you are uh, bringing forth? What is it? What is your direction to me today that you are leading me towards today? Come on now, don't look at me, look at him. Open your mouth right now. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to speak to him. What is it that the Lord is asking of you today? Father, we come to you right now, God. We are stretching our hands to you, God, and in surrender, Lord, saying, God, multiply whatever it is that you see inside of us that is needed for the kingdom right now. Multiply the blessing that you have for us, God, in our children. Multiply the blessing over Rome, Georgia today. God, we stretch our hands out to you today, and we declare God that this is a season of open miracles right now God in the name of Jesus God whatever our part is in the miracle God I want to do it if you are roaming to and fro the earth to see where you can inhabit and where you can come God here we are here we are come on stretch out your hand to God right now Lord let the miracles fall right now God for every single person in this house that feels like they might be stuck or in an in-between season. Today, God, I pray strategy of wisdom, the strategy of heaven. I pray right now, God, that in your word they will find the answer, God. Today, God, I declare, God, that they are no longer stuck, God. I pray provision for businessmen and women today. Let's pray for that right now. If you own a business, will you raise your hand today? If you own a business, I want you to proudly raise your hand right now. Yes, and if you see anyone near you, can you put your, just lay your hands on them right now. God, right now we pray for every single man and woman who has a business in this place, God. 
I pray right now that the kingdom of heaven would fall upon the finances and the provision and the strategy of wisdom and heavenly wisdom would fall upon them for employees, for employers, God, for insurance purposes, God. I declare, God, that there will be no lack in the name of Jesus. We declare, God, that you will multiply every seed that they have sown in tears, blood, and sweat, God. You will multiply everything that they do and that provision would come, God, in the name of Jesus, God. Lord, we thank you, Father. We just thank you for today and we thank you for your miracles, Father. In Jesus' name I 